Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Rob Derry with the Connecticut State Police. Rob, welcome. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Peter. Thanks for having me on once again. Thanks for coming down. It's been a while, my, my buddy. What's, what's, what's new? Yeah, well, listen, I think we're all in the same boat. We're trying to get through all this nonsense over the last year, and uh, hopefully with the warm weather coming and the vaccinations being out there, we're hopefully... Uh, we're slowly pulling out of this uh, so we can get back to some sense of normalcy. But uh, yeah, you know, life life goes on and uh, we all do our best. Cool, cool. So Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a resident of the town of Clinton for the last 20, almost 22 years now. Okay. And uh, I am uh, been with the state police for the last almost 27. And prior to that, I was a local police officer for almost five years. So I'm in uh, year 31 of law enforcement. Uh, here in the state of Connecticut. And uh, yeah, you know, I still I still have a strong passion for law enforcement. I love it. I love dealing with people. Um, you know, it's it's amazing the amount of people that you meet in this line of work and the things that you can do, even with all these years on. Um, you know, and that's why I'm still here. I, I, it's just a great job, a lot of fun. And uh, so I've since uh, moved into a little bit of politics, as, as you know. Yeah. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to be elected to the Clinton Police Commission in November of 2019. So right. I'm a, a civilian member of the Clinton Police Commission, which has zero um, uh, association with my with my profession as far as right. being a state trooper. Yeah. The twos are, are completely uh, separate from each other. So being a member of the Clinton Police Commission has been really a, a, an enjoyable time since I've been doing it. The commission is made up with, with a phenomenal group of people. Um, and the police department in Clinton, as we all know, is really a top-notch organization. Absolutely. Uh, led by Chief DeMeo and his captains and the rank and file. It really is uh, a, a great organization, and I'm very, very proud to be somewhat of a part of it as a civilian police commissioner. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I had you on with me when you were running. You probably did, Peter. And that's probably why I won the election. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I believe I did, Rob. I believe I did. So yes. from what I understand, speaking of wonderful things in the world, you recently got promoted since the last time I saw you. So I did, they made me what's called a master sergeant. So there's about 12 master sergeants within the entire state police. And what a master sergeant does is they are what's called the executive officer of a state police barracks. So we have 11 state police barracks or troops uh, across the state of Connecticut. So upon me getting uh, made a master sergeant, they put me over at Troop E in Montville along I-395. So that's where I am now the executive officer. An executive officer basically runs a day-to-day operation of the barracks to include scheduling and fleet management and the, and the grounds. And uh, you got your hands involved in a lot of different things. Right. And uh, so, you know, I'm really enjoying this role. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's the first time in my state police career I've, I've been assigned to Troopy in Montville. So it's nice to go to somewhere different, a new, new area to learn, uh, new people to work alongside with. And essentially Troop E in Montville, uh, that state police barracks is responsible for essentially the South eastern corner of the state of Connecticut. So there's a lot of things over there as well as well know. I-395, I-95, we have the sub-base right there, the U.S. Coast Guard Academy. Uh, we have a lot of um, uh, industry with Pfizer and electric boat. And, uh, and obviously the casinos are in that uh, area of operation as well. So it can be a very, very busy location, but uh, I'm enjoying it and uh, yeah, it's going great. Cool. Now, Rob, how important it now with the us in the middle of a pandemic, 
how do, how does that basically affect day-to-day -day operations of what you guys do at the Connecticut State Police? Well, obviously, since day one of this pandemic uh, being identified and and, uh, and being labeled, uh, law enforcement and public safety, our jobs cannot stop. So right. we have to continue to respond, continue to be able to help people and, and, and deal with situations. So like everybody else, when this all started, we took the obviously the necessary precautions. We, we were able to get enough personal protective equipment for our troopers out in the field. And we have since put in uh, policies and procedures in place to properly deal with situations while keeping our troopers as safe as possible. And obviously wearing a mask when, when we deal with, with folks out there. We obviously all have hand sanitizers all in our cars, uh, the, the nitrile um, rubber gloves that we all use. So we're, we're taking the, the most precautions as we can. Uh, we also have, you know, we have a lot of discretion out there. So if we find some sort of a violation that puts us into a uh, predicament where we have to make an arrest, not every arrest do you have to handcuff somebody and bring them in. We do have some sort of a leeway where we can actually issue them a summons to go to court instead of actually having to handcuff them put them in our police car and bring them to the state police troops to fingerprint them. So we, we have exercised that discretion a little bit more than we usually have in the past. Uh -huh. So that's that's helping out. We do our best to stay on top of the cleanliness at the, each state police facility. Uh, we limit what we have for uh, as far as people inside the building, unless we nece really necessarily have to have people inside. So, you know, we're doing the best we can, just like everybody else in the world and in the country. And, you know, we, we have had some troopers that came down with, with uh, COVID, which is understandable because it's just the world that we've lived in. Uh, but our numbers, like the numbers of the state, are dramatically improving. And, uh, and I think we're doing, doing very well. And hopefully uh, we are slowly pulling out of this mess to a degree where we can feel a little bit more of a sense of normalcy. Although we can't uh, get too, too cautious, we can't get too uh, crazy with that. We still gotta make sure that we exercise, uh, you know, the proper precautions and safety measures because we do definitely want everybody to get as healthy as possible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure, I'm sure during the last year of the pandemic, I'm sure schooling has become an issue because everybody's, home, everybody's remote learning. And I'm sure that's oh, sure. an experience. Sure, sure. And that, that goes for everybody. I, I, I think everybody who, who has children in the school and who have to go out, you know, not everybody is, is can work as home, at home like a lot of people have been doing. And, and I think that's right. a, a great opportunity for people to be able to do that. Uh, obviously, in my line of work, that's not an option. Right. You know, uh, law enforcement, we don't work from home. Uh, so from the, we haven't, I haven't missed a beat. We've continued to go out and work every day and, and continue to do our job. Uh, so that does put a strain on some issues. Obviously, if, if you have younger children that require uh, some sort of a supervision issue, and you know we we've had that with our troopers, and we do our best to to work with them. Whether we have to change their shifts to accommodate something at home, you know, it's our number one job is to take care of our people and also to take care of the people of the state of Connecticut. So. You know, we do our best with what we can, but at the end of the day, we have a job to do, and that job hasn't missed the, skipped a beat since all this started, and uh, we're right on top of things. Speaking of not missing a beat, I actually, the last snowstorm that we had, I was home, and I was flipping around the TV. You were all over the television dial there, my friend. 
Well, yeah, over the years, I've kind of uh, uh, got into some sort of a role of being the local public information officer for the state police barracks in which I was assigned. So right. in the state police, we have a public information office, which is based out of headquarters, and they do all the day-to-day -day public information information. However, uh, we do have a public uh, information liaison at each particular state police barracks. And just over the sheer fact of years of doing this, uh, and, and just continue and do this job. Uh, you develop a lot of relationships and a lot of connections. And so uh, when that kind of thing happens, you know, News Channel 8 or Channel 3 or whoever it may be right. will give me a call. Hey, can you come on and talk about the weather? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we've been doing that for quite some time. And again, it's just one of those things where we like to get the word out that uh, here's what we're doing, here's what we're seeing. You know, and those particular storms, a couple of them were, were, were pretty dicey storms. So, yeah. you know, we try to get the message out and let, you know, in those situations, if you do not have to go out and there's nothing really making you go out, stay home. You know, it, it, we have a lot of accidents, a lot of people spinning off the road in those situations. So it's just trying to get the word out. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of the media for reaching out to us to allow us that avenue to to explain and, and get the word out to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what what else what else do we want to tell people about the Connecticut State Police? Well, I can tell you we are in a uh, very very um, heavy recruitment drive. Okay. Uh, so we anticipate a lot of retirements over the next couple of years. So our department is doing our due diligence and trying to prepare for that. So uh, currently we have a state police recruit class. I believe it's about 114 what's called recruits are in it right now okay um and they've been in for about two months which i think the first eight or ten weeks have been virtual because of the COVID issues and obviously we at state police academy is in meriden and we do not want to uh have too many recruits in a room which creates COVID issues and things like right. that so um i know uh, and i believe next week the the recruits are going to report to the academy full full time and and continue on with their training which is very very intense and labor intensive and very very um it's very physical as far as physical fitness and academics are very very strong so we have about a 25 percent give or take 25 percent attrition rate within state police training uh, meaning that if we start with 100 people we hope to graduate 75 because some people either uh, voluntarily withdraw themselves from the process because it wasn't what they wanted to do or once they get into it they realize yeah this is not my thing right. or some people actually uh, academically may fail out so we do have a pretty high attrition rate um, but there, we also have very high standards that we want to maintain because when you have a trooper that graduates the state police academy that trooper is really given a, a vast amount of authority and responsibility so that's something that we cannot dole out lightly. So somebody's got to got to show by their efforts and and education abilities and that they are able to basically assume that role properly and carry on the traditions of the state police. So so it's 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 a it's a great program. It's a great organization. Uh, I talk very highly of it as I as I will continue to do. Um, I've had a very blessed career and, uh, you know, I, I, every time I see somebody I always, who I, I think would be a good fit, I try to talk them into uh, getting in law enforcement. We need good people. There you go. Sergeant you know, Deary, awesome Sergeant Deary, would you mind sticking around for another segment? Yeah, absolutely, Pete. All right, we'll be right back.
What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Uh-uh-uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Hello everybody, your old pal Grover here with some health tips. Wash your hands throughout the day with soap and water for 20 seconds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, oh well. Um, also, practice physical distance by staying six feet away from people in public and do not forget to wear a mask and wow! So that is where the soap went. <laughs> Caring for each other because we are all in this together. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Rob Deary from the Connecticut State Police. Rob, welcome back. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. Thanks, my friend. Hey, Rob, tell us, we, I know we talked a little bit about in the first segment the recruitment of becoming a state police officer for the state of Connecticut. Can we maybe get into a little bit of more of a detail of what it entails and what it involves? Sure, so uh, every so often, there's really no schedule, it's when they begin a selection process. The Connecticut State Police through the Department of Administrative Services will put out an announcement that the state police is an active recruiting drive. Okay. And I wanna say the last one just wrapped up um, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and I believe it was open for about a month, month and a half to try to get people to sign up to, to begin the process of uh, going through state police recruitment. So. What you have to do is uh, fill, go through the Department of Administrative Services and, and fill out a job application electronically uh, for the position of what's called trooper trainee. Okay. So, yeah, upon doing that, uh, once the date closes, our selection, we have a, a unit within the state police called the selections unit that this is what they, they handle. And they work very closely with the Department of Administrative Services, which we refer to as DAS, which is basically all the, um, the human resources side of, uh, of the state of Connecticut. So once that is done uh they go through a series and batteries of testing uh to include a um, a written component uh it's more like a questionnaire and going over different aspects of the job to uh to a physical fitness assessment which believe it or not we lose a lot of potential candidates through the physical fitness assessment uh whether it be they there's certain certain standards that they have to hit it's through the cooper standards and so it's a minimal number, say, of push-ups, sit-ups, running a mile and a half in a certain amount of time. And it's all age-based. So there's age brackets of, say, 21 to 30, 31 to 40, 41 to 50. So uh, every age bracket has a different minimum score that they have to hit. Uh, and then there's also a 350-yard sprint. It's the same situation where you have to hit a minimum score. Um, but yeah, we lose a lot of people for that for some reason. I don't know if it's just not prepared for it or they didn't think what it was, or didn't really know what it was gonna be. But all the information about the physical fitness assessment is clearly available on the state police website under the uh, recruitment and selections tab within our, our, our uh, account. So it's, it's very clear what you have to do. So should you pass that, you move on to the background portion of the investigation where uh, a state police detective will be assigned to do a very thorough and comprehensive background on the perspective uh, candidate. Okay. And that includes 
ta uh, talking to your neighbors, talking to your former employers, talking to your uh, former education uh, locations, whether that be college, high school, et cetera. Uh, they look into your financial history to make sure you're responsible and paying your bills on time, um, that, you, uh, make, that you're responsible as far as financially goes. Um, they look into, uh, like I said, your work history. Um, I mean, you name it, they are gonna find out everything about you. Uh, they come to your house, the detectives will come to your house. They'll uh, request to take a look at your car to make sure your car is properly registered and insured. I mean, you name it, they're gonna, they're gonna turn over all the, uh, all the rocks to make sure that there's nothing that we don't know about you. Exactly. Uh, and part of that is gonna move on to what's called the polygraph examination. So the polygraph is essentially a lie detector. So we have uh, troopers that are specially trained in our polygraph unit. And that's all they do is do polygraph examinations for potential uh, uh, recruits. They do it for local police departments and they also do it for criminal investigations. It's a tool for criminal investigations. When we have somebody uh, that we believe committed a serious crime, uh, they will request that individual will take a polygraph examination and then our polygraphers will sit that person down and go through the process so it's a very taxing uh, a process but uh, it's a great tool so believe it or not that also the polygraph really knocks out a lot of candidates right. by uh, either something that came up in their past that's really not conducive or what the state police are looking for right. or it just kind of calls into question their decision making ability or uh, or character so uh, once that is all done, you pass that, you keep moving on. So then we have what's called the, uh, the medical physical. Uh, the medical physical is really like a physical, like you'd go to your doctor and okay. go through the battery of tests to get your blood drawn. Uh, they do a comprehensive drug screen and make sure that, the, that there's no sign of you doing any um, illicit uh, narcotics exactly. in your past. Um, so it's, 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 again, we have to go through this because it's, it's so the amount of authority that we receive as state troopers throughout the state of Connecticut is really, it's, it's, it's massive. And we got to make sure that the people who are bestowed that authority are able to do it properly, uh, utilize good common sense and judgment and really doing the right thing. You know, we're, we're a very uh, historic agency being that of the Connecticut State Police. We were founded in 1903 and uh, so we're, we are, believe it or not, the little state of Connecticut is the oldest uniformed law enforcement, uh, state, state law enforcement uh, department in the United States. Really? Starting in 1903. Yeah, you, you wouldn't believe it, but it's true. I didn't and know that. So we have a, a lot of traditions and pride and uh, even the retirees, so I know many of them who have been retired for many, many, many years, they still are very, very prideful of the agency of being a former state trooper and uh and it's just it's really it's a phenomenal uh agency it's been a phenomenal career for me um you know i i'm actually not looking forward to retire but that day will come right. um but uh you know i i, I could have retired uh, almost seven years ago but i'm still here because i really thoroughly enjoy it and the, the people the, the work that we do every day uh you know there's not too many days if, if any i get up in the morning and say to myself boy i don't want to go to work today <laughs> it just doesn't happen. I mean, it's, it's very rare. So again, it's one of those things when you feel that way about your job, no matter what the job is, if you have that passion for whatever you're doing in life, it doesn't feel like a job. I tell everybody that I feel like I haven't worked a day in my life 
Right. And, and and I say that not because I'm lazy and don't do anything. I say that because I enjoy getting up and going to work every day. So Absolutely. I know I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, and uh, again, if I had, in hindsight, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do the same thing. Really? Absolutely, all day long. Wow. Now, as, as far as the th things going, I'm sure on a day-to-day -day operation, your, di your day is probably never the same and you never know what you're walking into, correct? Well, that's the thing in police work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's no matter where you work, no matter what uh, law enforcement agency, whether it be in a town somewhere, a city, a state, law enforcement inherently is that type of job where you just don't know what's going to go on. It could be the most boring day. You're driving around patrolling and making sure everything's going okay, make sure nobody needs anything. And then all of a sudden, it could be total chaos in a split second. And I've experienced that many, many times in my career. But again, that's just that's part of the um, the rarity of this job in public safety is that you just never know when it's going to get crazy. And as we all know, you know, the tragic events of 9-11 back in 2001, who went running into all those buildings? It was law enforcement. It was the fire department. Right. It was all those people that are there to try to help people, whereas everybody else is running out of it. Right. Law enforcement, fire departments, EMS, they're all running in because they want to help people and, they, and their lives. Are, are are secondary compared to trying to take care of everybody else so it's 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 a very prideful um way of life uh the last thing you think about at least in my career when you're dealing with some of these hectic situations is not your safety although you should be thinking about your safety but it's really you're trying to take care of either victims that need uh, help or your fellow uh, trooper that may need some serious assistance in something uh, that could be somewhat life-threatening. So it's it's really, at the end of the day, you go home and, uh, you know, you feel good about your job. I mean, you really do. And and even here I am sitting here talking to you about it. And, uh, you know, it, I, I enjoy it. I could sit here and probably talk all night and bore everybody who may be watching this and saying, oh, Jesus is more. But you know what? It's it's truly, it's, it's a passion. And many of us in law enforcement feel the same way. Not all, no. but many of us do. And no. I will tell you, and, and, and with everything going on in the world, especially over the last year, yeah. you know, socially, there's a lot of uh, different things that are that are being thrown at us. Um, you know, some right, some wrong, some. But that's that's for people's uh, own opinion. But at the end of the day, we have a job to do. We will continue to do it, regardless of of what goes on out there. Uh, we are an agency that is uh, steeped in, in in rules and regulations, and uh, we are proud to say that you know, we try to do the right thing every day. Now, as far as what's going on in the world, how does that affect day-to-day -day operations of what the Connecticut State Police do? Well, we continue to do our job. You know, we've, we've, we've been what's called accredited, which means we have uh, national accreditation in law enforcement because of the policies and procedures and things we've had in place for many, many years. Now, we've been in, in accredited since 1988. Uh, so we were one of the first state police agencies in the country to be accredited. So, you know, luckily, uh, the the leaders of the state police over the years and currently are very forward thinking. Uh, for example, part of the Police Accountability Act that came about last summer is all Connecticut law enforcement agencies have to have uh, cameras mounted in their police cars, yeah. as well as having body cameras. Now, I will tell you, the Connecticut State Police, I've had a camera in my police car since about 1999. So we are well, well ahead of that. Uh, body cameras are somewhat relatively new, but I will tell you, uh, we've had body cameras for about uh, maybe two or three years now 
well before that accountability uh, act put that as a requirement. So that's just one example of how we are kind of way ahead of the curve uh, by the fact that our leaders kind of see that coming and really go after best practices in law enforcement. And because of that, uh, you know, in, in the way that we have rules and regulations that we are stringent about, um, you know, we don't have a lot of issues. You know, occasionally there are things that pop up, law enforcement, troopers, they're human. So some, you know, we all make mistakes. Right. And sometimes those mistakes rise to a level where it's, it's a problem. So, but that's, that's just part of life and we deal with those. But luckily for us as an agency, those are far and very few between. So we're very proud, prideful of that. Um, and I can say as a civilian police commissioner for the town of Clinton, yeah. it's the same situation. You know, they're, they're a very strong organization. They're in a process of, of getting accredited as we speak. Um, you know, we're very fortunate to have Chief DeMeo as a chief here in town. He's, mm -hmm. he's a very forward-thinking uh, law enforcement professional with, with a vast amount of experience, and he knows how to talk to people. He's very approachable, and that just trickles down through his rank and file of his police department, which has really made this, uh, the Clinton Police Department uh, the cream of the crop of the area. Absolutely. And he's, a, he's a great guy. I've had Chief DeMeo on with me a couple of times, and he's just a wonderful human being. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what else is the police commission of the town of Clinton up to? We've got a little bit more time left. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's just really uh, supporting the police department, um, you know, because of the police accountability bill that was enacted, they are working through getting, uh, you know, body cameras and car cameras and all the requirements that come along with a bill such as this one. So, you know, some police departments have some of the stuff, some don't. Uh, but again, it comes down to finding the money for it, which is another big issue. You know, yeah. we as a commission, as well as all the other commission and boards in the town of Clinton, our number one goal, number one, is to make sure that the agency or the department has what they need. However, you know, there's not a, a money tree which allows us to get whatever they want. It's got to be something that's really necessary. So I will say just from, the just from my perspective as a, a police commissioner here in town, Mm -hmm. uh, the police department does a, a phenomenal job with that. Um, I, I know the police, uh, the police chief has really dropped the overtime line item down a number significantly over the last five or six years. And I was very impressed to see that. Um, and it just goes to uh, the, the culture that's been established within the police department where it's very positive. People want to come to work. Very few people, you know, very few officers have been out for any significant amount of time, whether that be getting hurt or, or what the case may be. So it just goes to show you that the rank and file of the police department are, look forward to come to work every day. Um, the, the police chief and his captains, they do a great job in recruiting the best possible candidates that they can get for the job. And uh, it's just an ongoing endeavor that, uh, that me personally, I'm very, very proud to have a little bit of a part as a civilian police commissioner. Um, and then with my law enforcement experience, being able to add what I can to assist and trying to make it better. But, I will say the uh, the other commissioners uh, alongside of me, I've had a, a really an awesome time with them. They all have the best interests of the town, best interests of the police department at heart. And we really enjoy ourselves uh, volunteering to be a commissioner. Um, and it's, it's, it's really a, 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 a nice, nice position to be in. And I'm having a really good time with it. Cool. Sergeant Rob, Deary, Sergeant Rob Deary with the Connecticut State Police. Thanks for some time, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again, Peter. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Rob. On behalf of Rob Deary, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.